0: Last time on base Funk.
1: But my character's name is Viscount Bumbershoot von Victrola, the fanciest vampire heir to the blood throne of Fangsylvania. Fangsylvania was actually burned to the ground by a famous vampire hunter named Raven Stern. Uh, Bumbershoot has been on the run ever since. Bumbershoot fled; he lost sight of the vampire who sired him, named Count Danto. Uh, Bumbershoot is lawful evil. He will die if he does not feed. A reasonable amount of blood from someone once per week, which means he can transform into either a bat, wolf, or mist for up to an hour. Vampire control just means uh, he will have advantage on persuasion.
2: Uh, I am playing a character by the name of Roland Hawklight. He is a half-elf lawful good just this year. What that is is a modified paladin as Roland is more of a judge-like intellectual character because he used to be a member of a paladin order called the Order of the Merciful Sword and became fairly devout towards what's known as the Triad of Tyr, Torm, and Ilmater. His crew was forced to attack a helpless orc village. He viewed that as an affront to his beliefs, refused to attack anyone, and was subsequently flogged and dismissed from his order. He has a set of armor that reflects his beliefs closely, but he does not currently possess them.
3: All right, so I'm going to be playing uh, Theodora, or Dora for short. The Nixie, she is a warlock. Background is trickster, which is kind of something we made up. And my alignment is chaotic neutral.
4: Theodora made a deal with Gonadour.
3: That which lurks. He's a giant spooky eyeball.
4: The four gods are the three that... Roland, as a paladin of the triad of Illmater, Torm, and Tear. Illmater yep. is the god of suffering. Torm is the god of duty, and Tear is the god of justice. Yep. And the fourth one is Theodora's patron, Gonador, or that which lurks.
3: So I have a pet. His name is Archibald J. Smooches, and he's a tiny snapping turtle.
4: Yeah, I'm. Uh,
5: I'm playing. Uh, her name is Zoe Legrand, and she is a, a, a sorcerer particularly a uh, wild sorcerer. Uh, wild magic, for all intents and purposes, is kind of just chaotic magic that exists. Uh, every time I cast a spell as this character, there's a chance I may have to roll on a table that could screw everything up. Uh, the one thing that I do know uh, that is possible in the sheet is that your character could be de-aged by using this this magic, because that is the situation with Zoe. Uh, although she is uh, 19 herself, she physically appears to be only 7. The mighty character does have a
2: horse named Trinity,
5: Much of uh, Zoe's kind of ambition and why she's on this big adventure is that her older sister, uh, Stella Rosa Magnificent, is like a a prodigy of magic. Uh,
4: she, She deeply desires to essentially escape her sister's shadow. They're all bounty hunters, and they run a bounty hunting company together. There's a cursed city where all of these people find themselves, and the city is cursed so that once you enter, you can never leave.
5: Whoa, why do you know my name, old
4: man? It's not safe to be out here. Roland and Zoe see that building. Avant-garde bounty hunting services. Is there like a symbol? Do you guys have a logo? I was going to say a turtle on a
1: shield. Hello, I'm Winifred. What are you?
4: I'm a flumph.
3: Hey, guys, what's going on? It's crab day.
1: What are you doing in there, you busy little sausage?
4: There's one thing which catches her eye, which is an enormous tower in the center of ilium almost like a lighthouse it is pure white and on top is an orb which radiates magical light from one half and magical darkness from the other winifred floats up and he has a dossier which he hands to roland hawk light and you guys have a job
2: I'm checking over the languages everyone knows, and I'm seeing her thinking, hmm, three-fourths of the party speaks Elvish, one-half the party speaks Infernal, and no one other than Roland speaks Celestial. But I didn't realize that your character picked up Giants as a language, Chris. That's kind of interesting. Kind of a spoiler,
4: actually. <laughs> yeah, so uh, languages were kind of a sub- a theme we explored last season. So I'm not super interested in all of that in repeating ourselves there. So I don't think you're going to be, have a lot of times where you don't speak the language other characters speak, mm-hmm. but speaking in their language might give you an advantage or make them you know it might change the way the interaction happens rather than being a barrier to any communication right so in the planning stages chris gave me a character sheet which said that he spoke goblin or orc or something
5: yeah, yeah orc or goblin something one of those like monstrous kind of races
4: and yeah we talked about that being something that was an effect of wild magic like so she tried to like start a campfire and suddenly she just knew a language um, which I think is a really great mental image. Mm-hmm. But I also I told him, uh, we did orcs last season, so there's not going to be any orcs. I think it would be fun if you took giant. And as you guys found out in episode one, there are a lot of giants in Ilium. Um, that's because giants have a very strict caste system in their culture. It's called the Ordning. You don't really need to know any of this, but f- just for your own amusement when giants are ostracized from their society, when they mess up, they, they violate their caste or they don't uphold what is expected of them. They are basically, their lives are ruined socially and they have like very little recourse. Uh, so what happens is they kind of, they have nowhere else to go uh, because most humanoid societies are frightened of them and their own people shun them because of this ordning that they have. And so a lot of giants end up in Ilium because it's a place where, Nobody has any societal expectations of you. And so Ilium just kind of has a, has a giant culture. So that's a thing that's going to be explored over the season. All right. Backstory for a thing on Chris's character sheet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, Oh, yeah, we should introduce who we are because this is the first couple of episodes. Maybe not everyone is familiar with our voices and has them matched to the characters yet. So I'm Austin Yorsky. I'm your Dungeon Master. I'm a bunch of other things. I used to be a video game critic in law school right now. If you know some of my other work, you know that I'm a big old terrible nerd. And one of two people on this show are ordained ministers. (laughs) As we were talking (laughs) before the program, we realized that, which is kind of fun. So that's me. Um, I guess you can find me at patreon.com slash and on twitter at austinjorski where uh, a lot of people have been sending me their fan art uh, already after one episode and I just want to shout all those out because they're phenomenal. Um, of course we have uh, the Dragenda who has a pretty amazing piece they just sent out. We have a logo for avant Card with the turtle on the shield from Okie which is amazing. Of course Brian Tracy and Aline coming back every season. Save Varden has a really great picture of Bumbershoot which is just making my day. There's a lot of good stuff going out there. So if you have fan art, send it to me and I'll I want to sh- I'll share it with everybody on the social medias and also we like to use them for title cards when this show gets cross-posted to YouTube. So if you want me to uh consider uh using your art for that, let me know. I love to I love to share and I love to shout out. So, thank you everybody. It's really cool. Who else wants to introduce themselves and their character, I guess?
1: I can do it real quick. Uh hi, I'm Leon Thomas. I host Renegade Cut. I'm not going to get into a big thing, but I play a character named Bumpershoot Von Victrola. He is a level 6 rogue vampire. He is lawful evil, and uh, he's very sassy, as we will uh, investigate further later. Bye. Uh,
5: I'm Chris Larios, and uh, I play Zoe the Grand, the wild sorcerer, who's a kid, but not really. (laughs) Also speaks giant.
2: Uh, I'm Michael Schicciano, or Skitch, and... I play as Roland Hawklight, the half-elf paladin within the party, and you can catch me on Twitter at Skitch Music.
3: I'm Lauren Morgan, and I play Theodora the Nixie, who is a chaotic neutral
4: warlock. And just to be clear, Lauren is not doing the Dora voice there. That's just how she sounds tonight.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's just my voice, I guess.
4: Then you've been cursed by a witch, and now you you sound like Dora 24-7. No. <laughs> Which is lucky for the show. Um, so we're not always going to start exactly where the last episode leaves off because we have the ability to switch scenes. <laughs> uh, but this is one of those instances where I think it'd be fun to just immediately pick up where episode one left off where you guys are all on the roof surveying Ilium. Your secretary, Winifred the Flumph, has just brought you a dossier on your next mission. He gives it to Roland Hockley and he's just floating there with his crazy eye stalks bobbing around. He's all blue and just a total goofer. I love him a lot already. Uh, And the rest of you are standing around getting to know each other. Introductions are happening. And I'll turn it over to you now.
2: Uh, Roland's going to look over the dossier briefly to see what it says about the situation.
4: It's going to take a bit to read it. It's... Mm -hmm. It's substantial, and the way that's going to work, it's kind of a plot device that if you ever have any questions about the mission you're on, you'll just say, what does it say about X, and I'll just tell you. And we'll also discuss uh, some other options for lore gathering soon. But Mm -hmm. Roland has very high intelligence. He's able to grasp it all. I do like the idea that an alternate version of this party, everyone is so stupid that (laughs) (laughs) basically sorting through that information becomes difficult, but you guys are good. Uh,
2: At least it would be like if we were Gully Dwarves, where you have to roll an intelligence check to see whether your character can actually have a good idea Mm -hmm. and yes that is actually something from second edition that's terrible D &D is fun
3: dora's trying to jump to see what it says because she's tiny Mm -hmm. and she's like what does it say Hey, hey 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 i will
2: tell you what it says when i get done reading it
4: go faster do you have archibald j smooches your snapping turtle on your head like where does where does archibald live
3: Okay, so, in my mind, he likes to sleep in my hood, so, like, if if my hood is up, he's napping on my head. But if he, if, like, my hood is down, he's, like, napping in like, the little budget it makes. So, because my hood is down, he's taking a
4: nap in the pouch zone. (laughs) The pouch zone is a very good zone.
2: Roland is visibly struggling to keep his focus on the dossier while Dora is, you know, jumping on his head and trying to read over his face, as it were.
3: Dora takes Mr. Smooches out of her pouch to try and put him above the thing so he can see
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. That's very good. Uh, I like this image of Dora as a really bad troublemaker that's easy to forget she's dangerous. Here's a question. Mm. So how many of you player characters have killed
1: people before? Me. Me, definitely. But I, ha- I ha- had to have.
3: Same.
2: Yeah, I mean, Roland, ha- Roland has to have killed people in the past as well, so... I could
1: do the math and figure out how many, but like, I'll, I'll 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 do it like off camera. Yeah.
2: I think the only one who might not have at least not intentionally would have been Zoe, I'm going to guess.
4: Yeah, she doesn't if she has, she doesn't know of it. Right. Okay. So that's just a thing to establish at the beginning because D&D as a game is kind of designed where you're going to go around stabbing people and I like the context of your past experiences informing that. So, if three of you, even if you don't love murder, <laughs> You have killed people before, so that's not going to be, like, a world-shaking event for you. But for for Zoe, uh, that still looms as something you'll have to deal with
1: if and when you get to it. I did the math, and he must have killed over 3,000 people by now. <laughs> no, not, no, because he has to uh, kill and, and drink someone's blood once a week. There are 52 weeks in a year, and he's been a vampire for this amount of time. So I did my calculator, and he has killed 3,016 people at least. Margin of error for yeah. people who, <laughs> who survived it, but yeah, that's significant. No, no, I, no. he makes sure. Um, so the point is, he has killed thousands of people, even if even if by some chance some have survived.
2: I mean, that seems a little weird, because I didn't realize out of character that he actually has to kill someone to take their blood.
1: I,
4: I know, Leon and I talked about this before, uh, humanoid bodies contain just an un, unreasonable <laughs> amount of blood to drain in one sitting. Yeah. So if Victorola kills someone every time, that has to be, that's a conscious choice. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, it is. Oh, And and, and I I would assume that in Ilium, that's a bit harder to pull off, given how small the population is. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, we're going to deal with that (sighs) in a number of ways. Uh, Last season, we had uh, level up scenes. Mm -hmm. But since you guys have all reached a level where you've kind of established what your characters do, instead, we're going to have downtime scenes. So between the bounty hunting missions, it's like how do you spend your rest of your day? And that's a hundred percent the first thing we're gonna do with Victrola is how do you pull off the feeding? Are you seen? Do you feel bad about it? How does that you know, how do you pull the wool over? At least Roland's eyes, because he would not be okay with you doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um
1: mm. <sighs> It's gonna it's gonna be very interesting. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna say that Bumber Shoot does not reveal how many people he He kills and also like in terms of like whether or not he kills someone, I'm going to say it's just tradition among vampires that like the idea of like saying, oh, can I borrow a cup of blood is not a thing for him.
4: I mean I was working under the assumption that although Roland knows you're a vampire he thinks that you have it somewhat maintained and that you have like a classy like arrangement with somebody or something.
1: He has never done it in front of them.
4: You're keeping it on the down low and I think if there's going to be friction between your characters it'll be when it is revealed.
1: However, however it should be noted that part of part of um both Bumbershoot's backstory and also Theodora's backstory she knows he he goes in because He tried to drink her her blood, but it was gross and swampy. And that's how they became friends.
4: Yeah, so it should be probably noted that Dungeons & Dragons is a narrative game, a collaborative storytelling vehicle, and death is real and on the table. And this isn't a meat grinder campaign where I'm going to be throwing combat challenges at you just to see if you can win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if something pops off and things go sideways, your characters are in very real danger and you can die. Mm. And that's something I like about our show is that we don't pull any punches and if death is interesting, it will happen. Uh so I just want to put that out there that Bumper Shoot can be Bumper Shoot, but there are consequences if he gets caught. And that's something you, you just your reputations personally and as an organization are something to keep in mind as we go forward. Okay. All right. So Anything from Zoe? She's just kind of standing around, staring at the...
5: Well, uh, she was kind of led up there, and this entire time she's sort of just been following uh, Roland around. So I imagine she's probably just, like, off to the side, probably, like, leaning up against a wall with, like, her arms and legs crossed, doing that kind of, like, I'm cool pose. Like, she's just (laughs) trying to, like,
4: nonchalantly, like, yeah, I'm just kind of hanging out. Nothing weird about this. Carry on. So uh, some of the notable landmarks that you see, Zoe, when you're trying to act cool and, like, you're not impressed, besides the spire... Uh, the lighthouse this just white tower in the middle of ilium with the orb on top uh there's also a an inn you see which has a lot of activity in it that seems to be like a social spot there's also like a spooky kind of mansion uh that is on the highest hill you guys are pretty high in elevation but there's the highest point ground wise obviously the highest point is the top of the spire but on a higher hill there's kind of a spooky mansion i'm gonna make a map Nice. Yeah, we, we already got fan art for your guys' logo, and so we get a map, and then we don't have to do any photoshopping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do any MS Paint adventures. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright, Bumper Shoot goes over uh, to Roland and-, and says, what does it say, you goody two-shoes? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh,
4: God.
2: I'll tell you once I'm able to actually read it, and I'm not being inundated by a snapping turtle, Mr. Smooches.
4: Are we ever going to to that voice, or is that just the, the hell we live in now? I love it so much.
3: Like...
2: <laughs> Every day is waking hell.
4: <laughs> Alright, so I think everyone's eager to know what this dossier says, so I'll just cut to that part. Uh, so you're looking through the papers that Winifred has prepared for you, and the first thing you notice is that there is um, references to an invitation, or some invitations that went out. It seems like a couple of days ago, a bunch of people in Ilium got invited to a party. Uh, none of you <laughs> And I think probably some of you were a little offended by that. Uh, But then you kind of just forgot about it. In the dossier, you see references to those invitations to the party, which is taking place in Hawthorne House, which is the spooky mansion that Zoe sees on the highest hill in Ilium. And that party is taking place tomorrow night. And that's kind of backstory to the contract you guys got, which is to capture and return the master of the house who is wanted for necromancy so there is a party tomorrow night and you guys need to attend and find the person whose house it is and then kidnap them do we not know the name of the master of the house so this necromancer is reclusive oh none of you have ever seen them in person you assume their name is hawthorne Mm -hmm. because it's their house it's the hawthorne house right but no they're kind of um A Gatsby figure. So they're throwing these parties Mm -hmm. and then they're not seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And and no one goes there normally because the house is patrolled by guards.
2: Has there been a history of parties being thrown at the Hawthorne house?
4: That's an amazing question. It has happened a couple of times in the 50 years Mm -hmm. that Ilium has had the barrier. Oh. So I did this deliberately so it's easy to remember. The barrier has been up for 50 years and the population is about 50. Now, obviously, it fluctuates because new people are coming in all the time, but also, as we said, a lot of people die because it's kind of a rough place. Yep. But the the easiest way to remember that is it's been fifty years and there are about fifty people, which seems kind of low for a population. Yeah. But remember that there aren't really any families here; it's almost all single people, just because of the danger element. So when you don't have the inflated household numbers, it's 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 more people than we're going to meet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fine.
1: Does the dossier say who hired us? Like who who our client?
4: Yes, you guys have been hired. It just It's just signed The Warden, oh. which you all know is... You guys are all familiar with this person. That's Everyone just calls them The Warden. They're the person that you bring the bounties to who is inside the white spire, inside the lighthouse building, which is called the Sacrum, S-A-C-R-U-M. That's the name of the lighthouse t- tower with the orb on top. And that's where you bring people after you catch them. And so this one's coming right from the person who you hand them off to, and they've just they've put their foot down on this necromancy business, and you need to bring them in. All right, this is tomorrow night, then, not tonight. Correct. You guys still have a night to prepare. Okay, and it's daytime right now. And you guys don't have invitations, so you're going to need to figure that out. And while most of your clothes are probably fine, I think just for flavor, Theodora's probably going to have to sew something to disguise
1: Roland's heavy armor, which is not proper party attire. Yes. Bumbershoot has a fancy suit as part of his starting, uh, equipment, so I'm gonna say he's good to go. At least there's that.
4: Everyone else is probably fine. Although, maybe you can dress up Zoe if you want.
3: Yes.
2: Well, it looks like we have a party we're gonna have to attend in order to do this job.
3: That's what they get for not inviting us the first time.
2: <laughs> um...
4: I have here written on my notes, how long have all of you been here? Because we just established, the barrier's been up 50 years, and Zoe just arrived today. How long have the rest of you been here?
2: Roland has been in Ilium for slightly longer than a year at this point.
1: Besides um, Zoe, Bombershoot has been here the least amount of time, so I'm going to say like six to eight months, something like that.
3: I would like to think that Dora's been there the longest. I was thinking like several years, like probably six or seven. Oh. And... Because I knew people would, be, would like, be like, why? That is actually why she has a secret underground crab business. Because she trades the crabs for her like sewing stuff and other stuff
4: she needs. All right,
1: I need to write this down.
4: See? <laughs> so a thing to know about Ilium Society is that food is not really a scarcity. Because uh, in d d the create food spell is level one. So basically every man, woman, and child in town can make food with magic. It's not an issue. Oh, I can make food. <laughs> <laughs> and also light. Um some people were like what's the point of giving Bumbershoot a light weakness if there's no sun? And it's because uh light, the spell light that creates light is a cantrip. So it's free, anyone can do it, which means if anyone starts, you know, starts static with Bumbershoot, they can do a free spell and incinerate him. So it's actually a pretty steep penalty. Yeah. In fact, um but the idea is that that in a lot of DD worlds, magic is kind of uh, relegated to just, like, wizards and, like, f- fantastic sorcerers. Here, everyone is awesome. Yeah. Everyone has cool magic. So food and water and stuff is not an issue. Instead, it's, like, luxury. Like, crab is, like, a thing people want. And it, that's the idea is everyone here is stuck. No one has to do anything. But then they all get, like, viciously bored. And that's where, like, the crime has kind of um, come into. The criminal organization in Ilium are called the Lilies named after the flower that we established last week is kind of a, a thing Ilium is known for, the magical night-blooming flowers that come in a bunch of different varieties. Uh, they're kind of a girl gang of fiends, which is a generic term for creatures which are native to the, the planes of reality that are inherently evil. So there's kind of like a cool, badass gang of ladies in town. That's who Roland owes the favor to, and they're, all, they're also the ones who control the inn, which is kind of their base, which they've taken over because like the city doesn't get visitors, like people don't stay, you know stay for a weekend and leave, so that's where they hang out now they've taken over that building
3: hashtag goals
4: yeah, they're actually really cool <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the situation. I've lost my kind of train of thought. where was
1: I? All right, so so we don't have anything uh, pressing to do until tomorrow night.
2: well other than finding a way to get ourselves into the party
1: I, I can get in like with my. Vampire powers really like a number of different ways but that doesn't help you guys.
2: <laughs> I will actually ask as a quick out of quick character question is Leon's character considered undead?
1: Uh the way I have vampire bite the thing that that does that listed is it turns an enemy who is at 0 HP into a vampire. I have to believe that they're basically dead when it's happening. So I'm I'm actually going to go with undead, which might be bad. Um, for me, but I think that makes the most sense in my head. Okay, And so it is currently established in Dice Funk lore,
4: vampires are (laughs) undead. Yep. Got it.
2: That's very important for me as a paladin to know, because certain features of mine will not work then. Most notably, I can't heal him then. Well. Oops. (laughs) I know. It's
4: fine. It's going to be difficult, but it'll also be interesting, because it'll lend a very real sense of danger to everything you do. Cool. All right, so Zoe, you're just standing around listening to them, to them plan to break into a place they're not wanted to kidnap someone. How are you feeling about that? Well,
5: actually, I was going to ask, uh, did Roland, I guess, uh, at some point kind of relay the details of the contract out, like, and say them out loud to the other two?
2: Yeah, he's saying he's he's not hiding anything from Zoe at the moment, because he has he does have an ulterior motive with respect to that. So he is talking about, like, it looks like the warden's asking us to... Take care of someone who's engaging in necromancy, it seems, over in the Hawthorne House. He outlines the rest of the basic points of the dossier in such a way where Zoe could easily hear what's going on.
4: Have we been to the Hawthorne House before? None of you guys have been inside. As I said, it's patrolled in such a way as to admit that would make it dangerous under normal circumstances. Okay. But I imagine you guys have seen it. Like, you've walked by, just, like, encased okay. it from the outside. It, there's a fence that goes all the way around it, kind of a tall, uh, gothic, black wrought iron fence, which is climbable, but you would, you probably would be spotted if there were people in the area. It's not, like—getting uh, in will be an issue. There's—but there, there's, like, a gate to, to that that could be open.
3: Have we seen the invitations?
4: You guys have heard about the invitations. You, you heard people say that they got one. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen them in person.
3: So, like— Nobody could, like, forge them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> There's no wrong answers in D&D. It's all a fun <laughs> story we're making up. So if you want to try, the answer to can we try X is almost always going to be you can try. <laughs> <laughs> when
5: Roland basically gives out that information, uh, Zoe's going to kind of pipe up. She's gonna be like, so wait, you guys are bounty hunters?
2: That is correct. We uh we are effectively one of the few arms of the law that exist here in Ilium.
1: We're the best, baby. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs>
4: Bumbershoot better be the best, both to justify that accent and also so that it makes sense that Roland puts up with him.
2: He <laughs> really does, because I have no idea how Roland's going to be able to help him at any point anymore in the game. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of my healing can help him.
4: It must be just that his his stealth capabilities, because he can turn into mist and stuff, and he can basically purple man mind jack dudes, which are things that Roland would never and could never do. So he's he maybe he's like a useful like necessary evil for now.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm already getting waves of disdain between the characters, which is sustaining me in a real way. Is mm-hmm. always gonna say
5: that's awesome. C- can I join?
3: Yes. <laughs> 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 Sweet!
4: Uh, Winifred looks at Roland, and with his crazy eye stalks flapping around, and he's like, You think this is a good idea, Master Hawklite?
2: That one is more capable than she seems, Roland just says, pointing to Zoe. However, I don't know how capable she is to be able to help us out as effectively.
3: There's one way to find out!
2: What are you thinking?
3: She should join us on the mission! Yeah, I should
5: join you on the mission, then I can prove myself! Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That means we need to find not just three invitations, but four.
3: Technically, couldn't Bumbles like missed in, and then I could use magic to also missed in, and then really we just need two.
4: Bumbles cannot
2: missed in.
3: He can't. Oh, because he has to be because invited. He has to
2: be invited into the house. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing.
3: Well, I can missed in. I don't know what the three of you are gonna do. <laughs> Peace,
5: losers.
1: <laughs> I'm <a dog. laughs>
5: I mean I could technically use magic to get in too uh, provided certain situations pre- present themselves
2: that's what I'm concerned about have you well i remember vaguely you talking about this last time we met years ago has it still been a problem
5: i swear i don't remember you <sighs> were you like a were you like a teacher or, did i go to school when you were a teacher
2: i would propose that we each do a Small test of your capabilities to make sure that you are able to help us and not be a hindrance, Zoe.
5: Sure. I, I, I'm going to ace the shit out of your tests.
2: I like the enthusiasm, at least.
4: Winifred goes,
5: language, please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's good. I will point out that she's older than she appears to be.
4: Winifred's eye stalks are flailing around like the inflatable wacky arm tube man as he says this, of course.
2: I I have an idea for what my test will be.
4: Smash cut to the first test. That's how we're editing this show.
2: <laughs> so so we're cutting to Roland's room, which is decked out with weapons, other bits of equipment, maps, symbols to the the triad, and all that fancy stuff in uh Along one wall, there's two chairs around a uh, small table, seated on top of which is a chessboard in three layers, with various pieces placed on it. If you don't remember me yet, I'm fairly certain this test will refresh you about how we know each other.
5: I remember this stupid-ass chessboard! (laughs) This three-layered nonsense! (laughs) Yeah, that old dude who challenged me to a weird game of chess once!
2: That's right.
0: And I whooped you! (laughs)
2: That's right, and I warned you about leading by just rushing everyone in, and I'm not particularly sorry that you lost that time. So, I want to see if you've learned anything in the past few years since we've met. He just sits down on one side, motions to the other chair.
5: Alright, so uh, what does the horsey piece do again?
2: (laughs) That's the knight it can move in uh, this type of shape. And Roland demonstrates.
4: All right, so intelligence contest.
2: All right, just straight intelligence roll, right?
4: Unless you guys want to do best of three or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not great.
5: I mean, there's... All right, never mind, it's lower. I forgot I have a negative to intelligence. It's a four. (laughs) That's what I rolled.
2: Okay, 16. Let's do best of three just to see kind of what happens there. So we got a four versus 16.
5: (laughs) Oh, still not great. 10 versus 21. (laughs) Jesus.
2: And one more. It's (laughs) over.
5: 11. Getting better.
2: 11 versus 12.
4: I mean, that's not how best of three works. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do three, just...
4: Just, yeah, it's good role roleplay because it shows that you utterly dominate her beyond a point which is required to win. <laughs> you you basically just keep going when you don't need I to. I will
2: point out, though, is that each of her roles were successively better. So it was a 4, then a 10, and then 11. And Rollins was a 16, 21, then 12. So the last one was actually close. So i like to think that he, they did three rounds and then the last one, like... Zoe actually pulls some stuff and actually and gets it upper hand for a period of time.
4: Yeah, let those dice help tell the story. So the the chess game you win pretty handily, but she shows improvement in lateral thinking along the way, which I guess you're impressed by.
2: Hmm. Well, that settles that at least.
4: Does it?
5: You you whooped me three times again.
2: Yes, but you should notice that the third time you actually were trying to establish a decoy tactic using the wyverns in the sky. It forced me to pay attention to that area while you used the dwarves in the underworld to make a forward assault, and that is important to remember. Sometimes you need to lead with a seemingly strong hand to let a weaker entity make a more tactical approach.
5: Yeah, super super intentional. Those were all things that I deliberately did in strategy.
2: Well, I will tell you this, Zoe. I have apprehensions as I recall you talking about how strange the magic is that you're dealing with. But you are showing a bit of progress. So you have my vote for joining in for us tomorrow. Awesome. Unfortunately, we have two others that you'll have to deal with. And one of them I don't know if I can trust will keep things in order. So I'll do something to kind of help you along in that regard. And. One of the things that Roland would do is sort of reach over and just sort of pat Zoe on the shoulder while mentioning something and cast Shield of Faith on Zoe to bolster her AC in case one of the other two decides to actually just straight up fight her.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's good because it it shows what you think of your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who's next? Me. All right, what's your test?
3: I pull Zoe into my room.
4: Yeah! <laughs> She's walking down the hallway and you just snatch her <laughs> up.
3: <laughs> yes. And I would like to describe my room as half swamp, half boutique. Mm-hmm. So I have Create Water, so I just keep creating water and invade myself my own personal tiny swamp. That's also where the crabs live. And then the other half is where I have all my fabrics and stuff and my altar to get- Ganadar and all that. It's a little spooky. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. And it probably smells a little swampy. It's <laughs> uh, a nice place here. Thank you. Your room's, uh super
5: cool. I like the uh, swamp.
3: Yeah! It's like my own personal taste of home but in a room instead of a real swamp. It's totally just as good. I totally don't regret that. (laughs) (laughs) But, so what did did Roland make you do? Did he make you do the dumb chess thing? Yeah. He tried to make me do that, I just threw it at him. (laughs) That's what I should have done! Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, so, I, you have my vote anyway, but we have to do this stupid test thing because meh, 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 meh. So, what I want you to do is I want you to come up with a really, really fun way to prank Bumbles because he gets really upset really easy and it's really funny when he's mad. So I need a solid A plus prank from you, okay Zoe? <laughs> Wait, the, the, the older guy? Yeah, the one—the one with the mustache. He seemed kind of angry.
5: You sure it's all right to agitate him? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, don't—don't don't
3: I need his vote too? Just—just <laughs> D- tell him it's my fault. He'll believe it. Okay. He doesn't like to get dirty, and he doesn't like noise. <laughs> so I'll let you deal with that.
1: I'm gonna say Bumbershoot is just in his room.
4: <laughs> Unsuspecting. <laughs> He's sitting in a chair with his back to the door, so when she comes in, he can dramatically turn around. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> he's just
4: sitting quietly.
1: I'm gonna say, um, he's reading a really old book. I'll decide what it is later, if it's important, but that's what he's doing right now.
3: All right, um, I- I- I think I have something. Okay, okay, okay. I'm- I don't even want you to tell me, I want to be surprised. O- okay. I'll follow you.
5: I'm terrified at what's about to happen. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I think Zoe will, uh... No, your room, you said your door was, like, black, all black, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a black door. With, a like, a scary handle.
5: It'd probably be pretty easy to pick it out. Yep. And she'll probably knock on it, trying to avoid the scary-looking handle. Uh, hello, Mr. Bumbleshoot?
1: Bumbleshoot, um, sort of, like, turns around and says, What?
5: <laughs> it's Zoe, I needed to speak with you about the, the test to see if I can get into the... the the group
1: oh, he just sort of grunts and and stands up and opens the door
5: hi what do you want i, I have to do a, a test with you to see if i can get in
1: is it my turn already
3: yeah Dora peeks out from behind her door and gives zoe thumbs up uh d- is there something you wanted me to do
1: i was gonna see if you can resist my vampire control wait what <laughs> you're a vampire Obviously.
5: (laughs) I'm so terrible. I feel like Zoe, like, in her own mind is like, why am I pranking a vampire?
2: (laughs) If something happens, I will have a way to help out here, so.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Dora's, like, right, like, right
5: there, too. (laughs) Sure, so, uh, what, what's entailed with that?
1: Basically, I look into your eyes and tell you what to do. And we'll see if you do it. Oh yeah sure okay. I thought that'd involve
5: a lot more biting and bats.
1: Just out of character here. this we set this up to as basically as something that would be on NPCs so how you react to it is going to be entirely up to you. It's basically I do persuasion and I get adva- advantage on it.
4: Zoe will do a wisdom saving throw to resist your vampiric control and we'll see who wins this contest.
2: Roland's within 10 feet of Zoe, so she actually gets a plus four bonus to the saving throw.
4: Yeah, paladins inspire everyone around him with their religious fervor, so there's just like an aura of Jesus around him. 27. Oh, god! Holy cow. Oh you have I think you have to crit to win this, huh? <laughs> oh no, that didn't happen. <laughs> that is not the high at all. 27 to 8. No, cluck like a chicken.
3: Dora's gonna say, abort, abort! And then throw a mud ball in, in Bumble's face.
1: Okay. Roll to hit me.
3: Alright. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's my first roll. Oh, my God. 12.
1: My AC is 15, so I'm gonna say, bumper shoot, matrix is out of the way. God, heck! Bumbershoot laughs, then says, you better clean this up. No! <laughs> he slams the door. And that is that is his test, too, so he's done.
3: Door's okay. gonna walk over and say, that was a valiant effort. You did your best. Okay. You still have my vote. Okay. It's okay, tiny chicken.
1: Okay. <laughs>
4: So now you're permanently a chicken for the rest of the campaign. Good job. You know what? That's fine. I'm
1: okay with that. <laughs> his he just his uh his command was cluckling a chicken. He doesn't have to keep doing it. Once is enough. Oh, okay. It's over now. You're you're not stuck as a chicken. It's not that powerful. Otherwise he would basically be God. So we can't do that.
4: For, for humorous effect, that's how that works. But remember, persuasion checks are not mind control. Usually you still have to be right. actually persuasive and convincing. That was just a fun little <laughs> vignette we did. Um, so it looks like two people have voted for Zoe despite her not really passing <laughs> the, the second two. It didn't really pass any when you think about it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you flunked. <laughs> Does Winifred have one?
2: R- R- Roland wasn't Roland wasn't trying to see if she could beat him, just if she got better, so she did completely pass that one, actually.
3: Yeah, and Dora's and gonna say, it's not the pranks that you actually execute well, it's the pranks you try. I didn't even get to do my idea, though. Well, you know, you went up to a vampire's door and, like, knocked on it and stuff? That's pretty cool. Also, I'm really, really tired of being the only short one.
4: Yeah, I know that feeling.
3: They put things up on tall shelves.
4: It's the pranks on the inside that count.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: Um, All right. So I guess you guys can reconvene and discuss the results of the test. And two to one, Zoe's in. Seems like it. Mm
3: -hmm. Yay, majority. (laughs) See,
4: democracy works sometimes.
2: So uh, Roland's just going to glance at the others and say to Zoe, Well, it looks like that's decided then. As unconventional as those other tests were, we have the majority vote here. You're welcome to be in our ranks here, Zoe, as a member of the avant-garde, as we call ourselves.
5: Awesome, thanks, but I, I I really mean it when I say I'm going to prove myself on this mission.
3: I can put a swamp in your room too, if you want.
5: (laughs) No, I think that's fine. That I, I wouldn't want to take your style.
3: Okay.
2: I'm looking forward to seeing what we can pull off, and hopefully without a large incident, since we are effectively attempting uh, a retrieval of a person alive from a party that they're hosting themselves. This will be an unusual act, to say the least. For now, we need to get invitations.
4: Winifred pipes up and says, Do you want me to add anything to the the reward request, Zoe? You get to request things? You get paid in whatever you want, so you gotta find what, what has value to you. Oh, um,
5: uh... Is there someone in town that has a lot of knowledge of what's been going on in Ilium that maybe I could speak to? I mean, talking's free. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, then, um, no, I guess not then.
4: (laughs) So out of character, I know Zoe took some spells which require uh, spell components. Super quick crash course in D&D spellcasting. There are three different things that you can need to do spells one is vocal which just means you have to be able to talk one is somatic which just means you need access to a free hand and then there's material which 99% of the time just means you need something to channel it like a wand or a staff or something but there's a select few spells which require uh specific components because they're very powerful and zoe has one of these so i think it makes sense for her to request that as her reward so she gets uh basically ammo refills between quests that is very smart, so
5: retroactively I'm going to say, this feels really greedy now, but I'm going to be like, do you have uh, diamonds worth about uh, street market value 50 gold? Uh, I don't,
4: but I can ask for some. The warden can probably hook us up. Diamonds don't have any value as gemstones here, so they're, I mean, you can actually probably get a pretty good diamond deal.
5: Yeah, if I can get some of those, that'd be awesome.
4: Alright, I'll write that down. Anybody else? I got the usual swords for Roland, I got crab food for Dora, and we got, it says skulls in all caps. <laughs> <for Robert laughs> food.
3: Can I use some of those diamonds too? I think Yenny would like those on the altar. <laughs> you call him Yenny? Yeah. <laughs> Alright. <laughs>
4: That's amazing. So Ganadar, whose name is unpronounceable. I thought we were going to refer to him as That Which Lurks because that's his other uh name, but that is a lot. So if we just call him G- was Ganny or Geni. Ganny.
3: Ganny and also sometimes Lurky. Okay, those are both very good.
4: Um yeah, you can just get him some presents. Um remember, nothing can leave town, but things can see and send through into town. So Dora does get messages from Ganadar, but she can't respond. So sometimes she'll just be going about her day, just, like, eating a muffin or something, and suddenly a voice will be like, spill the blood of the innocent. (laughs) And she'll just look around and be like, okay, Ganny," and then just go back to her muffin and just, like,
2: it's— I I can picture her, like, sitting on bed, listening to some Swedish death metal (laughs) message comes in. She's like, okay, and back to the metal like, muffins.
4: Yeah, out in the world, he would give her missions like go to this town and switch their medicine for sneezing powder or something like things that came off to her as pranks, but were probably in retrospect, upon reflection, probably a little cruel. But she w- like she was never sent on a message just like kill hundreds of people. You know, it was it was like stuff that she could kind of mentally compartmentalize as far as her pranking stuff goes. So that's a lot of the a lot of the things she gets are like. To go desecrate this altar to this other God or something, and she's like, Oh, that's a good prank on that other God, um so you get messages like that sometimes, but if he can hear you back, it's never been clear, and you don't think that there's any way to get messages back out. Does that make sense?
3: Yes, also it's like a bit like he requires like sacrifices, so like uh, I sacrifice crabs on the altar, Jesus. Well cuz it's like a th- it's like his thing. It's like and it says like that he wants you to like murder people, but if you can't murder people, animals and food are fine.
4: Yeah, so he, I mean it's an evil god of abomination. So it could be a lot worse. But so it's just like you make your crab dinner like you would normally do to eat crab, which is a thing normal people do. You just happen to do it on a spooky altar Yeah. <laughs> covered in eyeballs. So yeah, Winifred writes in ganny presents, <laughs> ganny gifts <laughs> into the ledger, and that's taken care of. So we need to
5: Figure out how to get into this party then, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I could always try to use my, you know, persuasive eyeballs to convince the lead guard to invite us
2: inside. Yeah, we could also just make a deal with someone who has an invitation to acquire one from them in exchange for something else.
1: Do we know anyone?
2: Well, we've we've heard of people who have, have invitations.
1: Winnie, do you know who got
3: invited?
4: So it seems like the... People who got invitations are the people who are like the rowdiest partiers. You imagine. Oh, great! So, if if you guys want to go visit some of those people, you can absolutely do that. Is that how is that your guys' strategy?
1: Seems to be. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Breaking into a building is not in Roland's book, and it's impossible for Bumbershoot to do. So, getting an invitation means that he's invited. So.
1: Right. If, if Bumbershoot shows a, a false invitation and the guards who have authority say it's fine, then that be, counts as being invited inside.
2: Oh, sure, sure.
1: Someone needs to have authority to say it, basically. Right.
4: All right. So there's one person you think you probably have the best chance of getting the invitation from. Uh, Winifred tells you that it's uh, a member of the Lilies, the gang, who you probably can find at, at their headquarters, which is the inn they've converted to kind of be a base of operations. It's called the Tarsus. T-A-R-S-U-S. It's a hotel or it used to be an it used to be an inn. And this person's name is
2: Salazar McReal Name.
4: <laughs> 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 so this character's name is Carrie and she's a succubus.
3: Is she into fashion?
4: She's pretty fashionable succubi are of course fiendish characters who um have like powers of corruption their whole thing is like in traditional mythology is like basically seducing people but they also have shape-shifting powers and magic they're kind of a red-skinned creature with wings and um but this individual in particular carrie she works for the lilies so she's she's definitely has the potential to be dangerous um you guys have seen her around plenty of times she's a bartender at Tarsus. that's like if you got if you go there looking for Socialization—that's where, that's how you would encounter her, and you also know um, what she looks like. She has like uh, yakuza tattoos, basically. <laughs> so she's like a pretty okay. cool, dangerous-looking
1: person. Okay. Bumber- Bumbershoot Shoot says, "Okay, so we just kill Carrie. No, and we take her invitation." <laughs> Bumbles. <laughs> what?
3: No, she's really cool. Please don't kill her. Um, I was thinking. Ari. No, no, I was thinking. I could maybe offer her a custom outfit and see if she'd trade for letting us borrow her invitation.
1: Or we could steal it. We could steal it, too.
3: Yeah, but maybe we shouldn't piss off the lilies, like, all the time.
4: (laughs) Yeah, one of the things that we're going to do as this season goes on is define your relationship to the other characters (laughs) in this town. So um, right now I'm operating under the assumption that... Your reputations are in flux, like nothing is established until it happens on screen. So if you guys okay. want to be on good terms with them, we can role play that. If you want to be adversarial, we can do that too. So that that's that's up to you right now. <laughs> so if you want to define your relationship by robbing this person or killing them, then the lilies are definitely gonna be hostile to you going forward.
1: That's just that's just what he would say. But um but yeah, he he sort of like resigns to Yeah, all right, fine.
2: Roland uh pulls out a small notebook. And makes a note in it, puts the notebook away.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's just the running tally of how many times Bumbershoot suggests murder.
1: Bumbershoot just made the list.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so you guys, are you guys going to go to Tarsus to talk to
2: Carrie? Mm, Yep, uh, Mm -hmm. Roland will go along. He'll also probably travel over there with his horse in tow, just...
4: All right, so as you guys suit up to leave, Winifred says to Zoe, if you need any help, uh, I can talk to you guys telepathically. Winifred puts his tentacles on the orb, the crystal orb on his desk, which kind of looks like a fortune-telling ball, and says, this amplifies my telepathy, so I can hear you farther away. All all you have to do is open the line and say the the password.
3: What's the password again?
4: What's the password? The password's pineapple!
3: Oh, God.
4: Got it.
5: Pineapple.
3: Pine-apple.
5: Yeah, do I just shout it or think it?
2: Just just think it. You don't need to say it out loud. We had that mistake a few times and things got particularly weird.
5: But, but what if I'm thinking about pineapples independently of trying to talk with him?
2: If pineapples are a relevant part of the conversation at the moment, you can say it. Just you know, don't randomly <laughs> blurt out pineapple in an inopportune moment.
5: Now I kind of can't stop thinking about pineapples, though.
4: Every time you guys say or think pineapple, the orb on Winifred's desk lights up. (laughs) And at this point, you're like, what if I say pineapple or think pineapple? It's just just strobing. (laughs) Well, Someone offers me a pineapple. (laughs) It's just going bananas now. (laughs) It's like a (laughs) rave. We might have to change the password. You guys are thinking about pineapples too much.
2: Wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So you guys
4: head out. Um, uh, the Tarsus is at one of the lower elevations in town. So it's, everyone kind of funnels down from the hills that their houses are on to go hang out there to drink and carouse and be rowdy. And you guys can see that a lot of people have gathered right now. It's pretty busy. So you're, you're not going to approach unnoticed, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: but yeah, it's rowdy. There's people outside. They're looking at you. You can hear them whispering about the new kid and like, man, Roland really snapped up that kid right away. What's going on here? This is weird. They're they're talking about you behind your back, basically.
2: Roland just sort of shrugs it off as he walks by.
3: Dora gives them all dirty looks and does the thing with the fingers and, like, points at her eyes and then points back at them.
2: (laughs)
1: Okay. it's very good.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Roll for intimidation, not because this is, like, a conflict, but because I want to know how people think of Dora okay are they intimidated by you are you a dangerous presence i
3: have a plus six to intimidation so probably
4: damn and I, ro- well, I only rolled a 10 but i mean if you're gonna worship a god of abominations yeah you gotta have like something so with a 10 that's average perfectly average which means just as many people see you and roll their eyes as kind of look back to their drinks like uh i don't know if it's worth it she's <laughs> she's a little spooky for my taste <laughs> but you guys walk in and the what used to be a hotel lobby is basically now part bar, part floor show like there's um people in there doing all kinds of hustles and grifts trying to cheat people out of whatever they have that might be of value. You see Carrie at the bar, she is a succubus, a red-skinned fiend. She has like pretty much like full body scary tattoos and she's pouring drinks, but she's not like scandalously clad in the way that incubi traditionally are. She just looks like she's at work. <laughs>
1: I'm going to assume that we've been here before since Bumbershoot is just able to walk right in.
4: Oh, yeah. You guys are you guys are welcome. Okay, cool.
3: So I want to say Dora rolls up to the bar and goes, Carrie, baby, how's it going?
4: <laughs> hey, Dora, is, is the crab day still? You going to get my order?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winnie's feeling that right now. Trust me, I have some Prima crabs this week. Okay. You're going to really like them. But I was hoping we could get a favor from you.
4: For the right price, I can find you just about anything. What do you need?
3: Okay, so we need some invitations to that really fun-sounding party tomorrow night.
4: Oh. I think the boss kind of wants me to go.
3: Okay. Here's what I was thinking. Mm Hmm. Maybe we could just, like, borrow it to see what it looks like. (laughs) And I can make you just, like, a really great outfit okay you know what i'm saying
4: what kind of outfit
3: whatever kind of outfit you want we can we can collaborate
4: (laughs) just do like a fun little fashion project
3: yeah you can come over you can pick out fabrics we'll do all that i just need to hold on to your invitation just for like a little while and you can totally have it back before tomorrow night
4: uh persuasion check
3: i think i also have plus six to that
4: yeah warlocks are charismatic by nature i rolled a a crit First crit of the season. There you go. She actually just, uh, while you're explaining your plans for her her outfit, she just pours you a drink reflexively and just slides it over to you. And she says, as long as you don't tell the boss, I guess I can just say I went and just kind of blend blend it into the crowd.
3: Yay! Thank you, Carrie. It's always a pleasure.
4: (laughs) You can just keep it on the DL
2: and we're good.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know I can keep my mouth shut. Can you? Yes.
2: I figure that while this is happening, eventually Roland is sort of walking up towards the bar. Trinity is outside, and he's pretty sure no one's going to mess with the horse.
4: Now, a lot of people regard you uh, negatively because you're a religious symbol and a, a town of a lot of people who are uh, selfish and dangerous. Um, nobody would just attack you in broad daylight because they know that not only are you strong, you have strong friends. And so if they're, if anyone was going to steal your horse it would be a more subtle operation than just nabbing it outside the bar.
2: Also, if they stole my horse, I could just summon a new one. <laughs> That's wow. so cold. Trinity's like, come on, man. <laughs> it's the same horse if I summon a new one. That's the best part. Oh, uh, wow. Because it's find, It's like Find Familiar. It's just Find a Steed. It's amazing.
4: That's a very fancy horse.
2: He's uh, walking through. If Zoe wants to walk with him, he's probably going to go just straight up to the bar where Carrie is. While she's chatting up with Dora.
4: All right, so Dora has an invitation. I was always just letting
5: Roland take the lead on this right now, because this is all kind of overwhelming for her. Everything that exists in this town, basically, is stuff she's not seen before. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the very Mm -hmm. notion of even seeing, like, a succubus is sort of just like, in the same day that she's also met a flump and a vampire (laughs) for
1: the first time, and a Nixie. I'd like Bumbershoot to telepathically uh, talk to Winifred. To ask, I mean this. This was like our easiest get mm-hmm. for an invitation. I mean, she crit on it. There's not much I can do. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, this was like the one that uh, we we sort of know this succubus. But does Winifred know of any other inv- whoever else got invitations?
3: I was gonna say, what is the invitation made out of?
1: The invitation is a pretty. It's almost like a business card. It's like a really tasteful,
4: small, black piece of paper, which j- just says uh, Hawthorne House. Uh, you know tuesday night at nine or whatever um or if we're gonna which we could make up fantasy days <laughs> Blurns day torm's day but yeah it's it's really like laconic it doesn't it doesn't have like clues on it mm-hmm. um but you also roland you have a really high passive intelligence i think you would pretty quickly realize that it has some sort of magic to it so it's not just a piece of paper <sighs> your arcana tells you that there's something more to it than just,
1: to, than just the paper. So forging it is not an option.
3: Yeah, that's what I was asking. All
1: right does 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 Winifred say anything about who else might have invitations? Uh, I feel like your message is missing something. Pineapple. Oh oh, I'm sorry. I I, I thought I misunderstood. Um, pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> pineapple.
4: <laughs> Hello, Master Pictrola.
1: Who else has an invitation?
4: I think Blood Mountain does. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Does does Bumbershoot know who Blood Mountain is? Yes. Please tell me who Blood Mountain is.
4: <laughs> Ishmael Blood Mountain is a stone giant, and also the one responsible for building the avant-garde headquarters. Hmm.
3: Are we bros?
4: This strikes me as a character that you guys are going to be deeply into.
2: <laughs> Roland is going to kind of pursue the same line of dialogue, but he's going to first whisper to Zoe something. I'm going to introduce you to this person. I want you to see if you can persuade her into telling you about anyone else who might have an invitation, all right?
5: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right. Here we go. Uh, Then, like, Roland sort of walks up to the bar uh, with Zoe following along, probably, and then says, Hello there, Carrie.
4: Hey, church boy.
2: Nothing too crazy going on here, I take it.
4: She just pours you a drink reflexively, even though she knows you're probably not going to drink it, and just slides it to you.
2: I wanted to introduce you to a newcomer to the town, actually. Yeah,
4: everyone's talking about her.
2: She's right here.
4: Hi, I'm Zoe. And she's going to uh, extend her hand out. Carrie shakes it and kind of laughs and says, it's not a great place to be lost, kid. I'm not lost. I wanted to come here. That might be worse. (laughs) Carrie, she's actually
3: really cool. It's all cool. Yeah? Oh, yeah. How cool? She's real cool.
4: Yeah, I'm cool like the other side of the pillow. Yeah, I mean, what's cooler than being cool?
3: Being ice cold. Ice
4: cool. <laughs> all right, all right, all oh right. Oh, my God.
3: We're soulmates. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> she pours you a drink, too, unthinkingly. <laughs> she just can't help it. Does she? <laughs> yeah. I like to think Zoe's going to, like,
5: stare at this in wonderment for a hot moment. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just like, oh, I can have this?
1: Uh, she
4: like double takes and he goes, "Uh, ma- I'm I'm not your mom." <laughs> yes. I'm taking his drink, can't stop me. <laughs> is anyone going to try to stop Zoe from drinking? <laughs> Dora wouldn't even know.
1: Bumbershoot wants to see how this goes down.
2: No, because Roland has a contingency plan if this goes bad.
1: All right, so I guess Zoe does a shot. <laughs> Bumbershoot looks over and just kind of smiles, like this is the first time he's cared about this this character.
4: Constitution saving throw. You're not going to be immediately yes. drunk, but I want to see how it hits you because it's not a pleasant experience. Eh, 15. Oh. All right.
2: Actually, it's even higher than that.
4: Yeah, and remember, if you're doing a saving throw near Roland, you get a bonus.
2: Yeah, you actually rolled a 22 on that.
4: Ooh. So it's a lot, <laughs> your first drink, but you handle it like a champ. You are 19 uh, mentally, after all. So any discomfort, you are able to hide, basically. You feel like you look really cool. <laughs> 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 door's
3: going shots 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 just like
4: <laughs> flip the shot
5: glass over like super like yeah that's done <laughs> all right what what do you
4: what do you call that one jesus now i have to make up a drink uh, <laughs> we call that one the balrog <laughs> which used to be a dnd creature by the way before the token estate was like uh nope nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope. please don't But yeah, so uh, I think Carrie has endeared to you.
5: Thanks for the the shot. You'll pay for it eventually.
3: I'll throw some extra crabs in your bucket.
5: Hell yeah. Carrie, I was actually hearing there's a pretty fun party coming up uh, tomorrow night. Did you know any way that I might be able to get in as, you know, a newcomer?
4: So are are you trying to get into this thing? Is it going to be like way danker than I thought? Like, (laughs) what's going on? Is this thing lit? Is this lit? You're not telling me?
5: I think it's going to be lit when we're all there.
4: I mean, the only other person I know who has a ticket's the boss, and uh, I think she's going to want to scope it out. So I don't have any leverage there, guys. Sorry.
5: Who was the person who sent out the, uh, the uh, invites?
4: I assume the person whose house it is. Yeah, I don't think you can invite someone to someone else's house, right? I guess I just kind of took that one on faith <laughs> in retrospect.
5: Uh, any chance I could talk to that person?
4: The person whose house it is?
5: Yeah, like, see if I could get an invite since I wasn't here when they first got sent out.
4: Oh, I've never met the the person whose house it is. I guess Hawthorne? I don't know Hawthorne. I mean, you can check with them if you want.
5: All right. And I'm going to, I guess, cast Message and whisper back to Roland, where it's like, I don't think she has any others, invitations to get from her.
2: And Message allows for two-way communication, if I'm not mistaken. So Roland just sort of messages back through it. And I don't think talking to her boss is a, is a good idea either, at least not right now.
1: Does uh, Bumbershoot know where Blood Mountain is? Because that—that that is the thing I want to do.
4: Yeah, you guys know where Ishmael Blood Mountain is. It's no secret. Um, a lot of the giants and giant adjacent species hang out in the just kind of the fields farthest away from the houses because they just they don't fit in normal structures.
3: They're large.
4: They're very large. Yeah. So there's kind of um, there's just a, a part of Ilium most of the giants hang out. It doesn't have a name. It's just kind of the field. It's just like the picturesque rolling British countryside part of Ilium. Um, so that's where you'll almost certainly find Ishmael Blood Mountain.
1: Okay, uh, Bumbershoot wants to go there.
4: All right, so you guys leave Tarsus. Uh, you get a bunch of looks, but nobody starts anything. And your impression on Carrie, uh, like you, the Lilies weren't exactly sure how they were going to react to a child showing up, but but then you guys were like nice and accommodating and cool and friendly. And so they basically, they seem like things are fine. So, so, so that's kind of diffused if it was going to get any weirder. So you guys leave Tarsus, and you head off into the, the rolling fields, and you can see the giants from pretty far away. Mm-hmm. There's a, a a couple of different kinds of giants, and you don't need to memorize all of them, but they have different heights and skin tones and cultures and weaknesses and strengths. The one you're there for, Ishmael, is a stone giant who has uh, stone-colored skin, naturally. Uh, he's about 16 feet tall, so he's enormous. He could pick any of you up and... Mulchy with his bare hands a couple notable features about this person one is that you've never seen him without his pipe he has a big what was to you is essentially like a campfire sized inferno with him at all times but to him it's just a smoking pipe and he also has two pets which are also always in his company right now um they're just kind of sleeping near him and comparatively to you it looks like a dog and a cat when you see them next to him but compared to you they're very large like mythologically large, bigger than a cat and dog could possibly be. And the cat is named Pip, P-I-P, and the dog is named Starbuck. Um, And they're both sleeping in the grass next to him as he's sitting there, kind of legs crossed, smoking, just contemplatively as you guys approach him.
1: Bumbershoot wants that invitation, so he sort of, like, marches towards the front to take the lead, and he says, says, Blood Mountain, how's my favorite giant? Hey, dude. What are you guys doing? Oh, well, I heard something. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But are you going to that party tomorrow night?
4: I took a look at the house, man, and I don't think I'm going to fit. It's just kind of a an ergonomic impossibility, if you know what I mean.
1: Oh, I understand that all too well. Well, you know what? I'll be happy to take that invitation off your hand. May as well put it to some good use.
4: I mean, that does make sense. Otherwise, it's going to go to waste. Uh, You guys can uh, hook me up with some crabs?
3: Of course.
4: Nice. Thanks, dudes. Yeah. All right. You don't even need to make a check because this person just likes you.
1: Yes. We are friends with a giant.
4: He he takes an enormous hit off his pipe. (laughs) And then in a cloud of smoke, uh, hands you another invitation. And it's so small compared to his little fingers that it, like... Gets lost and you have to like look through the grass to find
1: it all right i'm putting it in my equipment list so mm-hmm. we're, we're we're getting there ishmael says
4: how come you guys never visit me just to like hang out man oh shit <laughs> oh,
3: i didn't know we were invited
4: yeah man the field's for everybody
3: oh okay also i'm kind of tiny so i sometimes worry you can't hear me very well just because you're like literally so much i'm so tiny
4: yeah, there's it's not really much noise pollution here, man. Voices carry pretty far. I can hear I can hear pretty good.
3: Okay. Well I'll totally come by with extra crabs soon.
4: Yeah, cool, cool. The cat rolls over and it's like when you're looking at it, it's like a super panther. <laughs> Basically. It's so it's so large that it could just it could bite you in half but to him it's just a little his precious little kitty and he reaches down and like ruffles its belly and it does like the cat thing where it like clamps down on his hand and it's very cute but you realize that if it did that to you you would be dead (laughs) all right and yeah that's him he's just chilling there's other some other giants um in the surrounding area but they kind of like walked away to give him some space giant culture is kind of weird but like there's a very uh, strict hierarchy about who can be doing what when and you guys don't Maybe you do understand it. We'll see that. We'll see if that happens later, but that's just a thing to note.
1: Okay.
4: Uh, But now you have two invitations and you don't know where any other ones are.
1: Is there anything on the invitation that says plus one?
4: (laughs) Nope. Damn. (laughs) So I don't know if you want me to make this determination for you, but it looks like maybe two of you are going to walk in and two of you are going to have to break in. And we're going to have a cool like double party thing. How does that sound? Yeah.
3: Dora has gaseous form. Mm hmm. So I literally just missed into the
4: house? We have one person who can get in, no matter what. We have two people who can get in with permission, and then there's the last person. What are they going to do? Uh, Zoe can,
5: technically, if there's an open window, or just a window anywhere, as long as she can literally see inside, can
1: misstep in. Oh. Uh,
4: so you have teleport? Yeah.
1: I just need line of sight to it. Those two can just get in, and uh, then, in that case, me and Roland could, like, just walk in the front door. Mm-hmm.
4: So that makes sense. So you guys are going to go back to the base. So some party clothes for Roland, collect your equipment, and get ready for your first mission next episode? Yes. Yeah. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Bumbershoot
4: says, it's party time. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Uh, One last thing, though. As you guys are getting ready for bed for the night and you guys are setting Zoe up in her room. What's what's Zoe's room like? We've established this for all the other characters, but like what does Zoe do with her personal space? Just to get a sense of her character.
5: Uh well she only came into town with like a small bindle. So it really only has stuff like uh, you know, I guess like clothes and just amenities and things like that. So right now it'd probably be pretty bare. and almost like she doesn't know what to do with the rest of the space. Like she's not used to kinda having that presented to her and it's almost like the room's larger than she would even expect it to be. But yeah, I guess she'd probably just like drop the bindle on the floor somewhere <laughs> and be like,
4: "Yeah, I'll get this place set up." Yeah, it's like an end of a scrubs episode where everything's like funny and happy and nice and then there's like a sad song montage <laughs> as you empty an empty ro- as you enter an empty room and like look around and you're like, "Oh, man. Dora, do you uh help her get set up or anything?"
3: Yeah, I was going to offer some of my uh fabrics for like
4: curtains and shit all right so the last image of this episode is you is zoe looking at her empty room kind of sadly theodora walking in with swatches and trying to help you get situated and settled and like this is a pretty um like sweet nice scene um when suddenly theodora you receive a message from your god Mm -hmm. gonador that which lurks and it simply says
0: corrupt the youth
3: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
0: Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, an arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, and Simply Be Grooved, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. Executive producers for March 2017 are Kirsten Haslinger, Accelerus, Joseph Tambrello, Andrew Grothin, Jade, The Cult of Gorfanax, Irving Royale, Finch DeJong, Arjun DeKoning, Tarka, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane James Bevan Allison Ansel Sydney Marzang Justa Jester John Potts Kevin Dobbins Savarden Akrisimova Carl Brady Warner Kitty Foe James Neely Eugene T. Marissa Donaldson Melanie Joe Lana Seawolf Toby Gleason Stack Ruby Offer Matthew Weber Sarah Hanley Melissa Booker Cameron Abbas Dylan Gary Seon, Anna Stuhlfahrer Sean, the host of Funk Dunk, Giorgio Rena, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Silo, Christopher Charlo, Jorit, Beeger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, Ingemar Grebman, and Paul Mullen. If you'd like to join this list, you can support the show directly at patreoncom Austin And you can support Leon directly at patreoncom renegade cut. And you can find Chris at patreon.com slash recap. If you'd like to help indirectly, you can always find us on Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, or iTunes, and like, review, comment, or rate us there.